0: If you want Colts talk all year long, you're in the
1: right place. Fires upfield into the end zone, and it's caught! Jelani Woods! Touchdown! He's going to fire upfield, it's broken up, tipped, and intercepted by the Colts!
0: This is the official Colts podcast, giving you an updated look at what's new with the horseshoes. Colts
1: have it! Interception! Two
0: seconds left, and the Colts are going to in the Indiana Union Construction Industry Radio Studio, let's get the podcast started. What's up, everyone? Welcome into another episode of the official Colts podcast presented by Win Las Vegas. I'm J.J. Stankovitz. She's Lara Overton, and he is Chris Ballard, general manager of the Indianapolis Colts. If you're watching us on YouTube, we've got that. If you're listening to us here on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome in as well. All right, Chris, let's just hop right into it here. Colts are 5-5 five and five going into the bye week. You've had Anthony Richardson and Jonathan Taylor on the field together for, I think, two snaps. <laughs> what does it say about the culture that Shane has instilled and the leadership that Shane Steichen has brought to this team that the Colts are 5-5 five and five right in the thick of the AFC playoff race right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, I give coaching staff, Shane, and the staff, and the players a lot of credit, uh, especially with all the, you know, in and out at the quarterback position, um, offensive line, uh, secondary, you know, we've had to make a lot of adjustments along the way, which is typical in a season. Um, but here's here's the thing I really enjoy about Shane. Um, he, it doesn't it doesn't faze him. You know, you never hear "woe is me." You never hear no. It's like, all right, who we got up? All right, let's find a way to make it work. Um, and that's really encouraging. Um, we got a lot. We got a long way to go and a lot of work to do. Um, but encouraged. Um, you know, five and five. You know, I mean of course, we'd like to be better. Um, we lost some very tight games that, you know, we thought, you know, could have gone either way. Uh, but that's where we're at and focus on Tampa, you know, I, here after the bye.
0: I, I think something you said at Shane's introductory press conference was you hired him because he was the right coach for the team, not because he was, you know, the the offensive coordinator of the Eagles. It wasn't just about the offense, basically. Have you seen that really play out in terms of just keeping this group together through these challenges of the first part of the season?
1: Here, Here's... Like anytime you're doing something for the first time, you know, you're going to have some bumps. But here's what I, and, and I thought this came out really strong in the, in the interview. He's very authentic. He is who he is. You know, he's not trying to be somebody he's not. And I think players gravitate to that. Uh, they appreciate somebody that is the same person each and every day in their personality. And, and I appreciate that about him. Look, he's very demanding. Um, he wants what he wants, and he's going to tell you. And that yeah, look, that makes my job and our my staff's job a lot easier when you know, hey, look, I need this to make this go. Um, and he's real with them each and every day. And he's real with himself. Like, he doesn't just sit there and blame people when things go wrong. No, he takes accountability when it's his fault, and he'll hold the players accountable when it's their fault. For
2: this team to find a way to fight itself, to be 5-5 five and five at the bye – Guarantees you're going to be playing these meaningful games, you know, going into the next stretch ahead, the seven-game stretch ahead. In particular, with having such a young group with veteran leadership, what type of position does that put them in? Latter part of November, all the way through December and January, with everything in front of them.
1: I've always look. I've always thought that the season really starts at Thanksgiving. <laughs> look, you don't want to play yourself out of it. That's for sure. But the season starts this last seven game stretch you know usually determines you know who's going to get in you know you always see it each and every year somebody go from the back of the pack and you know get playing good football but the one thing I think we got to stay focused on is is Tampa you know that's it um there's no looking forward there's no like we're we're not there to where we can just you know roll the ball out and and say we're going to get a victory so we got to worry about Tampa um it's it's we put ourselves in position to 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 do some really good things, but you know, none of it means anything if we don't get the next win.
0: For getting the Jonathan Taylor extension done, getting him back on the field and now getting him kind of ramped up, um, what did it mean for this team to get JT back in the fold and, and to get him back out on the field and now playing at a high level again?
1: No, it's it's good. Look, we I think a lot of stuff got I mean look, business the business end of this can get dicey at times and, and emotional um, and understood that. And, and I think once we finally kind of took a step back and and evaluated it for what it is and who Jonathan is, um, we want to do everything we can to keep as many homegrown players as we can. That's That's been our history, and, and I think we got a pretty good track record of it. Um, and being able to get a, a player that's been highly productive for us and been great not only in the building but in the community uh, we think is very important and we think going forward I mean Jonathan's is 24 years old he's still a young he's still a young player and we think has a really really bright future ahead of him he's starting to get going um, and I still don't think we've seen the best of what he will be and then I don't want to kind of push to the side what Zach Moss has done. Um, Zach Moss Zach Moss played cr- not good football, great football for us. Um, and I know this last game, the, the carries got a little out of whack with Jonathan getting most of them. I, I know our staff will work hard because uh, Jonathan needs to be, in, I mean, jo- both Jonathan and Zach need to be involved for us to be successful.
2: Shane indicated that we were pretty close to seeing Anthony return to the team to continue progressing through his rehab. What were the conversations, the evaluations that went into determining for him to have the season ending surgery? And how has he responded in the conversations you've been able to have with him?
1: Well, I mean, look, I, you know, I walked in on the back end of, you know, when Andrew was had his surgery, you know, so I I saw what Andrew went through. Um, I saw that. You know, it it the long rehab process and what he did before I got here, um, and then after getting multiple opinions on the shoulder, kind of my history of knowing um, how important your throwing shoulder is you know, on any rotational athlete, any throwing athlete, um, the shoulder has to be right. And I think at the end of the day, it's a hard decision, but the best decision for the player was to get it fixed now, um, and and get it done where going forward it won't be any more issues. Um, we Surgery went well. Um, rehab's going well. Um, and we'll get him back, you know, uh, you know, next season. You know, it's a tough pill to swallow because you want him to get those reps, those live reps, but it kind of is what it is. I mean, you can't map out, you know, when things happen like this. They happen and you keep moving forward.
2: You noted – when, at the, I think this is the beginning of training camp, how even keel his demeanor is. How much was that tested a little bit through this process and how much of the maturity did he show in being able to, you know, overcome and, and work through these early obstacles?
1: He's a, Anthony's a really neat young man. And, you know, it's not, I think he saw it with his play. I mean, there's no, there's never a, a moment of panic, you know, with him. Um, he's disappointed. Of course he was, you know. I mean, he wanted to continue to play. He actually sent a, a great message to the team right before surgery. Um, sent a voice, mail to Shane, and Shane, you know, played it for the team, and it was really heartfelt and from the heart and how much he cared and how much it bothered him that he wasn't playing. Um, but he, he's he is far more mature, you know, for a kid that young man that just turned 21 years old than than I expected.
0: What did you see out of him when he played?
1: Uh, again, you know, you, you, all the notions of raw, um, needed work, I, they ex- he exceeded my expectations in terms of, now we saw the Poison College, um, but the accuracy, um, his instincts, his ability to create, um, I think all that was on full display um there's no doubt things he has to work on protecting himself being one, he'll learn that. I think all young quarterbacks have to learn that um, that you don't have to take un, you know don't take the unnecessary shots mm-hmm. in this league that you don't have to take. It's okay to slide, it's okay to step out of bounds. I think those are things to learn as he as he plays um, but but really encouraged about the you know the small glimpse we got of him
0: He's not the first quarterback to be highly picked and miss time as a rookie you think about joe burrow deshaun watson even in that four game sample size was there enough to make you think 2024 we can really build with this guy as our quarterback
1: it you know the until you're around somebody i mean no matter how brilliant people are in this league you know the the more you see and when you get to see him play that it, it really a light goes off okay this is what we need to do to get this guy going. You you anticipate and you project, but until you are with him and live with him and watch him play daily, um, understanding what a, what a player can and can't do, especially at the quarterback position and how you got to build around it, um, I think we got a pretty good handle on him, what he can do, um, and what we need to do to build around him.
2: Another rookie who's been incredibly impressive, shown great promise and certainly something to build on for the future, Josh Downs. Mm-hmm from what you saw in that entire pre-draft process, the time you spent with him, how has he either exceeded expectations or maybe just proven things sooner than what you expect from a rookie wide wide receiver?
1: No, I don't, I don't, I, we expected it. I don't, it didn't take long for us. I mean, he had great tape and great history in college. Okay, he produced in college. And then the first rookie mini camp, he was, he was lights out. I mean, there was no doubt he was going to help us right away. I mean, I think the last player I I'm not putting him on this pedestal, but I remember when Tyreek Hill, when I was in Kansas City in his first mini-camp, I go, okay, we got something here. Same thing with Josh. I mean, he's not Tyreek. I mean, Tyreek's in a in a whole new, whole different category of who he is as a player. But Josh Downs is really, really freaking good, um, and he's continuing to grow. So everything he's doing, we we expected. We we had no question that that he was going to help us right from that from, from that moment.
2: You mentioned that you don't know entirely about these guys, though, until you're living with them. What is something that you've learned about Josh through this point in the season that maybe you didn't know when you selected him back in April?
1: No, the tape usually plays out. You know, they, they change and they grow. But what you see on tape and usually is who they are. You know, they'll get better. Um, but, you know, we knew he was highly competitive. You saw that on <laughs> tape. You knew he had tremendous instincts. We saw that on tape. Um, the more I'm around him and watch him, he's got some T.Y. in him. Like, T.Y., and and I don't want to put him in that category yet, but T.Y. probably had the best instincts of any player I've been around in my career. Um, I mean, the kid just knew how to play the game. Josh has got some of that in him. He knows. He's got tremendous instincts and feel for the game.
0: You're talking about, you know, you expected this out of Josh. Kind of another guy on offense, not a player, but – you know, Shane put a big emphasis on hiring Tony Sperano Jr. as yeah. the offensive line coach. Yeah, the work he's done with that group—I mean, has that been kind of just the the expectation of getting that group to playing at the level they're at right now?
1: He's got a Tony. Tony's got a really bright future. I mean, look—he was raised in this. His dad was a mm-hmm. legendary O line coach in our league, and you know, and and Tony's worked with great coaches throughout his career. You know, to help him develop his craft. And you know, this is really the first time he's had the old old line room to himself. And and he is he's going to do nothing but continue to grow and get better. Here's what here's what good coaches do. Good coaches see the best in in a player and get it out of them. Um, and they and it's easy to look at deficiencies. It's easy to look at what they can't do. That's easy to do. That's that's that to me is what. Um, bad coaches do good coaches look for what this guy can do and they make him better and Tony never once I mean never once have i seen him flinch when uh, hey man you're gonna have to play this rookie right tackle you know Freeland this week oh yeah by the way he's gonna play left tackle this week then the next time he's gonna play right he's gonna play, you know he's gonna play right tackle um, and he, he's never once flinched with all the change he he's got a great feel for the room He's very demanding, um, and he has got a really, really bright future in this league.
0: It seems like to me the, the five is one thing for the line is really strong this year, where if it was four of those guys, you know, you you might have the weak link who teams are going to go after over and over again. But no matter if it's been, like you mentioned, Blake coming in or West coming in at center, that group five is one has stayed strong throughout the, the entire season.
1: No, and that's a – look, that's a credit to – you know, Tony and, and Chris Watt, who, who's his assistant, and to the players. I mean, they're a prideful, they're a prideful group. I didn't play up to their potential last year. Um, but like I said, I remember saying it last year, like I thought at the end of the year that you start seeing them get better. Um, and, you know, they're playing really solid football right now.
2: Chris, you mentioned the priority on, you know, investing in your own, the homegrown, homegrown type of talent for guys like Zaire Franklin and – Kenny Moore, how gratifying is it to see them have the type of seasons that they are having when they were guys who had to earn their way onto this team, they were underestimated at certain points, and have battled through so much to find the type of contribution and play the type of level that they are this season?
1: Yeah, that's, that's I mean, look, it's a, it's a credit to them. I mean, you know, Kenny was, when we claimed him back in 17, I mean, it didn't take long to see that we thought he had some unique qualities, um, and then to really watch him grow, and then, you know, last year we had some struggles, uh, Kenny had some struggles, and, but, you know, my relationship with Kenny, Zaire too, but Kenny especially, you know, um, you, you stick, you stick with people, especially when you know who they are. Um, we all have bad moments and bad times, and it's a credit to Kenny and his character of who he is, the way he's bounced back and played, which I think is at a Pro Bowl level right now. And I'm not so sure Zaire's not playing at the same level. You know, Zaire, yeah, he comes in, he's a seventh-round pick, but you know, Zaire, yeah, I think he was a four-time captain at Syracuse, four-year starter at Syracuse, came in right away, um, was a special team captain pretty quickly for us. And then just a in and, and the linebacker group has been really good here. Um, since about 18, 19, we've just been able to – it's been a position we've been able to find guys um, from Bobby Okereke to Anthony Walker to EJ Speed. I mean, you know, our scouts have done a tremendous job scouting that, that group. Um, and never once has Zaire – whatever role he's been asked to play, he does it. And he does it with a tremendous amount of pride, effort, and production. Um, and whether it's been – be the special team captain or be the starting Mike – Um, he does it at a high level.
2: How important are guys like that to set the standard, set an example and be leaders for other guys who are either undrafted or late round draft picks to be able to show them, follow him, look at what what he's doing, look at what he's done, know that there are guys around you who are doing it the right way, who have paved the way for you to find success no matter how you get in the league. It's easy to talk
1: about competition. It's easy to say it. Um, but it's hard to live it. Um, and that's one of the things that I've, I've always kind of taken pride in. Like, it don't matter where you come from. What matters is how you play and if you produce. Um, and, you know, there are two great examples of guys that were late-round, undrafted players that produced and have, have, you know, they get the snaps. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're taking. Like, eventually, eventually you got to produce. And the guys that produce are the ones that are going to play.
0: The flip side of that, you know, guys you want other players to follow, like DeForest Buckner, guy has been in the league for eight years now, playing at a high level. Nate Alley was telling me, you know, they have an effort board in there, and every single week it's Buck up at the top, running down plays, giving it all as practice, putting in the work. When you have him also as an example of playing at a high level, having done it for so long, how does that kind of lift the rest of the guys, especially in a young D-line room?
1: Like I read, I don't read much, but I read something the other day where it said stock down Buckner and I'm like what freaking game were you watching (laughs) like ask New England if it's stocked down Um, he is one of our defensive coaches asked me the other day compare him to when you first brought him in you know we first traded for him no different I said I I think he's getting better Um, he is a true professional in each and every way Um, how he prepares each and every day um, how he takes care of his body how he shows up for practice, you know everything he does is a great example for everybody on this team, and and then he goes out on Sunday and he and he produces, um, and I, it doesn't always show up in the stat sheet, but I promise you when you put up on when you put on the tape, our opponents are they know they they notice it. Uh, we're very fortunate to have you know DeForest Buckner as a Colt.
2: When has been a moment this season that you look to that through the adversity, you mentioned all the close games, there have been losing streaks, winning streaks, all of that, but you look to and you know, all right, we've got the right pieces in place and this is what makes me optimistic for how we're going to finish this season.
1: I don't know if I ever feel completely comfortable (laughs) with that Um, because we're always looking and working for it. There's There's not a perfect team out there. There's not. Um, everybody's got, you know, real strengths and real weaknesses on it, and then you play around them. Um, but we are always look to grow. And I don't, I don't know if I ever feel comfortable. I mean, even in years when we were, you know, I think about it we were humming. I mean, you're always on notice. You know, you're one injury away. Mm-hmm. Um, and our staff, my staff does a tremendous job making sure we have a ready list at all points. We're always looking. Um, I don't know if I ever feel comfortable. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's a good word. Um, I've always felt like we're going to be competitive without question. Um, and it's fun to watch your players grow and get better as we go along. It'll be a, it's going to be a fun end of the season um, to watch these young guys continue to play. Um, and let's see if we can get in the mix. I mean, we got a long way to go. Tampa's the next, Tampa's the next team.
0: All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here on this episode of the official Colts podcast presented by Win Las Vegas. Chris Ballard, thanks awesome. so much for the time today. Appreciate Thank it. Thank
1: you. Appreciate y'all.